Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. 720 WGN. I'm Lisa Dent. Thank you so much for joining me. Tom Skilling from WGN TV is with me. And Tom, you actually wore a yellow tie last week when we were talking. I said, what color tie are you wearing? You said, you picked the color. I tuned in. I'm like, he's really wearing the yellow tie I told him to wear. Oh, Lisa. You had told your listeners, uh, keep your eye on him. Let me uh, know whether or not he's wearing a yellow tie. So, Lisa, I could not fail you on that. I told you it was going to be a yellow tie, and a yellow tie for Lisa Dent it was. Oh, that was so fabulous to tune in and see that. And, Tom, how many ties? Do you have, like, a whole closet just of ties at the TV station? Look, I'll tell you, I've been doing this for half a century. I've got a tie rack. i got to tell you that. I I have everything from green to blue to turquoise to you name it. I've got even polka dotted ones, which I'll never, ever, ever, I promise you, wear on the air. But I've got them. So, uh, <laughs> That's great. That's great. What's yeah, the latest yeah. with the hurricane? Well, you know, that thing, we've been talking about this bathtub warm, record-setting warm water of the Gulf. The storm is in a perfect environment to explosively intensify. And, you know, in this warming climate that we've seen, this has been happening more often. Uh, These storms have been intensifying quickly. Now, the storm has an 85-mile-per-hour peak wind as the afternoon begins. We're expecting a 100-mile-per-hour hurricane tonight. And a 125-mile-per-hour hurricane, that's a Cat 3, borderline Cat 4 hurricane slamming into the uh, what's called the Big Bend area of Florida. Uh, those unfamiliar with Florida, you've got Tampa, St. Pete, and Fort Myers on the West Coast. They're being brushed by squalls and a storm surge there. But the main, the Big Bend area is the area up south of Tallahassee, up uh, in the northwest corner of the peninsula. That's where Hurricane Michael went ashore a couple of years ago, back in 2018. Widely regarded the worst hurricane ever to affect the Florida Panhandle. It was another one of these explosively developing hurricanes. That one went ashore with 150-mile-an-hour winds. This one looks like 125 miles per hour, but um, all eyes are on this because with this warm ocean water, it may even intensify beyond that before making landfall. The only saving grace, Lisa, is that's a relatively low population density area. You know, the Tampa-St. Pete area is home to 3.3 million people now. The last time Tampa-St. Pete was hit by a Category 3 or stronger major hurricane was a century ago. They've really lucked out. Uh, back when that storm hit, uh, the population in Tampa was only 800,000. Oh, So it's more than tripled. And, you know, the day is going to come when one of these storms goes in there with uh, into an area that's uh, explosively developed. But this one will track north of that area and hit the coast up in the panhandle. And I was reading the uh, the advisory from the, the Tallahassee office, which has responsibility over uh, where this storm's going to landfall tomorrow morning. And they say, quote, You need to complete your preparations today if you live in the Florida Big Bend. To put this system in historical perspective, they go on to say, there are no major hurricanes in the historical data set going back to 1851 that have tracked into 
Appalachian Bay. None. Wow. So don't mess around this follow the advice of your local emergency management and get out of there uh the coastline it's always a storm surge after people go oh i survived the hurricane well what comes after those days following a hurricane are what you cannot survive and that's the water and the lack of electricity or yeah that's terrible and isn't this the this is the anniversary week of katrina isn't it yeah, it is. Uh, this is, uh, you know, Katrina's uh, anniversary heading into New Orleans. Yeah. And remember, I remember, that, I remember watching the coverage of that. They thought they had dodged the bullet. Uh, and then the uh, levees gave way, and the water started surging in. And I remember watching the television pictures of the streets filling up with water. Yeah, that, that was a major storm. And, yeah. of course, Florida was hit back in September by their most expensive hurricane ever. That was Ian. And, you know, you were talking about the storm surge, Lisa. 150 people died in Ian last September in Florida that we know of. There's been a study out recently saying we desperately understate the number of people who die in these hurricanes. The estimate is that since the late uh, 1980s, there have been 18,000 U.S. residents who have died in hurricanes. The official tally is only 3,000 something. So uh, they think uh, the numbers have been greatly understated. And, you know, I believe that because we went down a year after Hurricane Andrew hit in 1992. And people were coming up to us when they saw the TV camera and saying, you know, this low uh, death rate they had for this storm. It's nonsense because we know people who have lost family members but there were a lot of undocumented uh, uh, citizens down there, and they right. were afraid to report relatives lost for fear the INS would come in and start deporting people. And you then know? you have so, unhoused people. You have people who live off the grid. Yeah, I, I see that in every disaster, Tom. It's just, it's tragedy. Yeah. It's absolute tragedy. It, well, hope- It is far worse than we imagine. The same is true of heat waves. Uh, you know, the numbers don't sound... Uh, incredible. But the fact, you know, there was a heat wave in the early 2000s in Europe that killed 70,000 people. My gosh. We lost over 700 in heat in 1995 here. So, um, you know, these are insidious natural uh, calamities. Yeah. Tom Skilling is with us. We're going to talk about the heat that's coming in for Labor Day weekend. You're going to be miserable if you're yes. camping, unless you bring a fan with you. And we'll also talk about goats on a boat. I don't know if you saw that today, Tom, but it made no. me laugh. Uh, first, Mary's got to check on the current temps and traffic. 720 WGN. My favorite person joins us. Tom Skilling from WGN TV is with us. It's brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. I have never heard of goats on a boat. And it happened today where they put a bunch of goats and did a goat parade down the Chicago River. And it all has to do, Tom, with ComEd and the fact that they use these goats to clear brush and vegetation. I, I wow. didn't I didn't know this. They use like 200 goats. I'd heard of that to clear vegetation because it's cheap. They'll yeah. just go out there and eat it all. But apparently they put them on a boat and cruise them down the Chicago River. And you will see the video of goats on a boat today. I'm like, do, do you think the goats really wanted to do this? But <laughs> You know, Lisa, this is the amazing thing about talking to you each week. I find out things I never do anything about. <laughs> I, well, you know, and we've had goats out at O'Hare, haven't we? Yes. the grass. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Tom, I had a biologist on last week and last year they had to eliminate, shoo away 
or relocate 21,000 animals that were impacting flights at O'Hare. 21,000. Oh, my word. Uh, isn't that something? That's, well, you know, that yeah. was a problem. I, you know, remember uh, Captain Sully dealing with birds out at LaGuardia, right. you know, and had to end up uh, landing in the Hudson River, you know, and did it successfully, thank heavens, but yeah, that would be a real issue, having animals there. Yep, they, they, they take care of it. There are five on-site wildlife biologists. I had no idea this was going on when I'm sitting on the tarmac waiting to take off. You know, I, I would have never yeah. guessed. But people are getting out of town for this weekend, Labor Day weekend, and we've got some serious heat coming, right? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Another one of these hot air domes is developing. And, you know, this is beyond the peak heating period normally. In fact, you know, we had 100 last week. There have only been four years of the 63 that we have on record with 100 great temps that have had 100, uh, you know, this late in the season. Now, I don't think we're going to quite get to 100, but it's going to be close. And we're going to get this heat to lock in. Now, this is after tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to feel like autumn around here. We're going to have a north wind blowing. We'll have mid-May level high temperatures around 70 tomorrow, Wednesday. And Thursday will start cool and begin to warm up a little. It won't be as windy on Thursday. But by the time we get to Saturday, we'll be up to or over 90 and probably at 90s going Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and probably Wednesday of next week at least. Hmm. Now, initially, Lisa, there won't be humidity with that. So the weekend will feel quite comfortable. But uh, it's going to start getting more humid by the time we get to Monday and Tuesday. Um, and so we'll have to keep an eye on that because that's when you get you register those higher heat indices and all like the ones we saw last week. Yeah, it's just it's been an interesting summer, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, it, this will, will surprise a lot of folks. Um you know, we've, we've had, let's see, two, four, I see six, 13. We've had 1890s um, on the books at O'Hare so far. But every month this summer has posted a temperature surplus. In other words, it's come in a little bit above normal. Not much, but a little bit. Still, when you look at June, July, and August, that's the period we call meteorological summer, um, this will rank among the 20% warmest summers in Chicago of the past uh, 153 years. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, and uh, seven of the past eight months uh, this year have been above normal. The only month that was just a smidge below normal was March. Every other month has posted a surplus this year. Hmm. So it's kind of hidden in there, but, uh, you know, it, it's been a warm year. So, Tom, last Over. night I saw that the sunset at 730, and when I was reading into it, it said, we will not see a sunset after 8 p.m. until May of 2024. Yeah, isn't that something? Oh. We've, lost, we've lost about two hours of daylight since our longest day, June 21st, and in September, uh, which starts at midnight Thursday night, uh, we'll lose another 90 minutes of daylight during September. September starts cooling off, and that's our third fastest cooling month. We lose about 10 degrees on average from the 1st to the 30th. and then. Uh, but our fastest cooling month is November, and the second fastest is October. So we're getting into that time of the year when these shorter days start taking, uh, not shorter days, the days with less sunlight, mm-hmm. uh, the day don't change uh, length. Uh, the hours of daylight do. Well, it feels and, like they're shorter, Tom. It feels, you know, because for many of us, you come into work and when you leave, it's dark and you're like, oh, geez, I wanted to work in the yard or be outside. I know. I'll tell you, it, 
Well, you know, it adds to the, uh, you know, the variety of life. Spice of life, so yep. that spices lives. So what are we looking at today and tomorrow? And we, we know we've got a warm weekend, but I love that you said that there won't be humidity. So the, that 90 degrees is going to feel a lot different than it did last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll probably have daytime dew points in the 50s. That's a comfortable level, even with a 90-degree temp on Saturday. We'll get into the low 60s later Sunday and then into the mid-60s by the time we get to Monday, Tuesday. That starts feeling a little more humid. Short term, uh, we have a north-northeast wind blowing the length of the lake tonight and tomorrow. There's been a front moving through this afternoon. That's what these little scattered showers have been about. They'll be winding down. We have no rain in sight uh, into early next week beyond this. And uh, those north winds will blow up to 30 miles an hour and some gusts later tonight and tomorrow. So uh, rip currents on the lake, uh, waves with white caps on them uh, Wednesday. Then the winds die down. Temps begin to come back again on Thursday. And by Friday, we're up in the uh, mid to upper 80s and probably the low 90s by Saturday and the mid-90s by the time we get to Sunday and Monday of uh, this Labor Day weekend. So that's well-timed. You know, I think we want warm weather for Labor Day. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's cooking out or camping or spending time with family. And as long as that dew point is low, I'm all in. (laughs) Yeah, and no rain to worry about. Yeah. You know, the barbecue's proceed undeterred and everything else we want to do outside so that works out pretty well thank you so much tom have a beautiful day you too lisa good to talk to you and i'm going to look for more coverage on those goats goats on the boat (laughs) goats on a boat today (laughs) see you later see you lisa He's the best, isn't he? That is Tom Skilling, brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. Uh, Not only goats on the boat, but people are talking about a coyote that they think is mixed with a wolf, and people are up in arms about it. Biologists say maybe that's not so true. We'll talk about that. And the bull. It's a wolf Odie, right? A wolf Odie, yeah. Something like that. But they say that people think that, but that's very rare. Um, sometimes it's just a different species of coyote. And then the bull is still on the loose, right? Yep, with the bull still out there. <laughs> and people are wound up about the Friday morning swim club. Um, they, I, well, here's the thing about that. I'd be interested to know if they'd ever heard of it before. Until they listened to John Williams and he carried on about it? Yeah, because I, <laughs> I did not know about it. It looks like the coolest thing. But I never knew about it. Me neither, because that is something I would have done in a heartbeat, and now it's too late, apparently. We'll talk more about that. Steve's News is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.